You are welcome to the teaching ministry of Nelson Ihiagwa. Be stirred as you listen. We are going to pray for a few minutes. And in these few minutes, what you are going to be doing is, you are going to be lifting up your voice and opening yourself to God. Lord, I'm ready for instructions. Am I going to leave the country? Am I going to stay? Am I going to... Am I going to start that business? Am I not going to start that business? Can I tell you something? Not everybody will be in Nigeria. Yet, not everybody will leave Nigeria. Not everybody will leave Nigeria. The Lord told Abraham, stand up and go to a land where I will show you. Are you with me? Then for some other people, you will want to leave. The Lord will say, remain there. And the reason why we we think that God is becoming disadvantaged towards me is because you cannot see tomorrow. I see Revelation says he is the what Alpha and the Omega. I say I say I see the end from the beginning. It means like he's like a newscaster. What it means is that whatever will happen tomorrow, he's already casting the news today. There is no future that the plan of God has not surrounded. I heard my spiritual father say, Pastor Emmanuel Ren. He said, There is no future. That the plan of God has not surrounded. You cannot get to any possible future and God will be scratching his head and say, what will I do now? Do you know what it means to be the all-wise God? Listen, the same wisdom that planned out your salvation story from Genesis 3. From Genesis 3 guides your life. The same salvation story that we foretold that the, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent and the serpent will bruise his heel that went to Cain and Abel, that went to the rituals and the practices and the slaughtering of the ram in the law, that went to the prophesies of the prophets, that came to God being flesh, being manifested in the gospels and then he came to the revelations and they were telling us what he had done for us. The same wisdom that planned everything out in the space of those years is the same wisdom that when he tells you go right you are doubting. Come on. I can't make mistakes. I know what to do. Should I get into that relationship or not? You just feel that pinch in my spirit. Relationship gone. There are two jobs. One is very beautiful. One is not. You know, but the Lord is saying, go for the other one. There is no think about it. I have my answer. You know, and let me quickly correct something. A lot of people have thought that, you know, God's leading is always the canally better way. It may not be true. Listen to me carefully. I heard a testimony of a woman who, she had two job offers. She, one was going to pay 100,000, one was going to pay her 250. And she wanted to go for 250, but the Lord said she should go for the 100,000 one. And then as she went, they told her that it's a mistake. It's supposed to be 800K. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. <laughs> That's great. But can I tell you, there are times that God will lead you to take the 100K one and it's not a mistake. In fact, it's 90K. <laughs> the 10K is addition. It's wardrobe fees. You told it tax. Okay, you're not in Lagos. Someone is not owing you. <laughs> are you with me? We're going to pray. Plans are going to shatter now. Direction is going to come now. Confusion is going to be dispelled now. You know what to do about that ministry. You know what to do about that business. You know what to do about that relationship. Let me just say this one more before I leave you to pray. And we're going to pray very shortly. You see, the, the, 
I heard a man of God say this. He said, the supernatural is very intermingled with your natural life. If you think that this is my spiritual life, so anything from here cannot inter intermeddle with the one in this place. That is how you will live your life. You will never see the living of God in the carnal areas of your life. Never. Praise Jesus. I can give you many testimonies. Many. There's one I shouldn't share with the mic. <laughs> I currently work a job. How did I get the job? God. Simple. CCC finished last year. The Lord had already told me earlier in the year that I was going to work there, but I was working somewhere else. When it was time for my, I was done with my AYC, the Lord told me, leave. I left that place. What was going to happen next? I didn't know, but he said, leave. So I left. CCC finished. I was laying on the couch. God just told me, stand up and go. I just went. I just picked my phone. I just typed it. I just typed the entire mail. And I saw the mail. It's like, this is so professional. Jesus Christ. And I did it and I sent it. Six minutes later, the CEO replied me. And he said, let's meet. We decided to meet. The place where we, the, the person he told me to meet was somebody who I made trad for a few months back. Talk on coincidence, have you? Yeah. Was somebody who I made trad for this, the, a few months back. In fact, he got some time when I was saying, Lord, you said I will get this job. God said, stop praying. You've gotten it. But I did not listen. I shepherd. <laughs> so much so that when the job came, I now felt silly for the unbelief. Listen, God will not punish your unbelief by withdrawing the miracle. God is good. And I just sent everything and I just... So when I went for the interview and we were four, I, I just said, well, it's me and one more person now. We're not plenty. It's me and one person. And see, trust me, I'm smart though. I'm actually smart. So I will not go there and they say, so what are you experiencing? I said, I pray in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, the supernatural is intermingled with your natural life. Remember all the instances I gave about Saul and everything. And then I just got the job and I started it. In relationship, you can know what to do. Yeah. Woke up one morning and the Lord said, send a mail. Yeah. Anyway, sir. As I send a mail, that's your life, God. As I send the mail, I saw a reply three hours later. This warms my heart. He has to. He has to. It's not free. It's not, uh, uh, hey. And what did I do? I woke up to pray in the Holy Ghost. I did not wake up to read yans. I woke up to pray. And I started even the prayer. Ten minutes. The Lord said, send the mail. And I brought up my I sent the mail. Even myself read the mail. I said, guy. I'm sweet. What? <laughs> See, your life can be like that. It is not just, it's not just when you fast that you hear God. You can be eating granite. And you will hear the Lord say, you see as you are going now, you will see somebody. Talk to the person. And I'm, I'm not even just talking of winning a soul. I mean, Money opportunity, praise God. If you think money is not important, I run a ministry. Please partner with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're gonna pray for very few minutes. We're gonna pray for seven minutes. Seven minutes. 
I want you to get your notepad, get your pen. Listen to God. Listen to God. Seven minutes. And you're going to make it count. You say, you know, I like the way somebody, he said, Holy Ghost, talk to me. Talk to me. Amen? Amen. He's not far. He's inside. I wish I had time to teach on tongues and interpretation. He's there. By the time you steer it up for a few minutes, you see one or two. Ten years have settled. I'm not hyping you. It's the truth of God's word. It's my experience. Are you ready? Are you ready? Stay Abuja was not planned for three, six months. God just said, do stay Abuja. We said, okay. All the resources came together. People partnered and all the resources came together. Are you with me now? Are you with me? We have, I've taken out of your seven minutes, six minutes. Don't just do, it's not warfare, wait. Pray in tongues, listen inside. Listen, are you ready? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Play keyboard. Help them. Sukete. I know what to do. Never confused. I know where to go. Barinda Kaikasuli. I know what to do. I know where to go. questions you can ask what do you want me to do in this place I'm confused about this one Capture what God is saying. Hold it in prayer. 
arrange the chairs back while you still pray. Just arrange the chairs back so we can all sit. But pray in tongues while you do that, please. Stay 24 hours. One day. We go pray. Hey God. Anyways. Um, if you want what I signify, we'll get water across to you. Um, yeah. So please, if you've not registered, um, you came late, you didn't register, please just go to bit.ly slash stay abuja. All small caps. If you didn't register when you came in, bit.ly slash stay abuja. Bit.ly slash stay abuja. Um yeah, I think those are the two announcements. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And some of you's mind has escaped. Bring your mind back, please. Praise God. Awesome. Okay, so let's look at God's word. I learned something from Pastor Oge many years ago. He said, I think he was in 500 level. He said, when believers gather, we always share the word. It could be by songs. It could be whatever. It could be teaching. Mostly is teaching. But we always share the word. Praise God. I just want to share something really quick. Um, turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew 20. Let's go from 25. He says, But Jesus called unto them, unto him, and said, 
ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. He says, but if it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. 27, he says, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Minister and servant mean the same thing. Even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's read 28 like a mass choir in KJV. One, two, go. Give his land. See, um, the word ministry for the believer is not something, is not something that is left for professional Christians. And when I say professional Christians, I mean it's not left for your pastors and people on the pulpit. Ministry is the life of the believer. Praise the name of Jesus. Ministry is the life of the believer. The believer has been called to ministry. In your salvation is your calling to serve therein. Ministry does not mean platforms primarily. Even though ministry is done on platforms, ministry does not mean platforms primarily. Ministry means service. Are you with me? Are you with me? Ministry means service. So for the believer, we basically see Jesus saying something. He said, whoever will be chief among you, let him be servant. Even us, the son of man came not to, minister, to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. So what Jesus is basically trying to say is, um, my life is ministry. So for the believer, your life is also supposed to be ministry. Ministry for the believer is an expression of the life of Jesus. Praise God. Ministry for the believer is an expression of the, of the life of Jesus. Go to John 13. John 13. Let's start from 13. He says, Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I, if I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, Ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example. Then ye should do as I have done to you. So basically, Jesus is saying, the way I have washed your feet. Feet washing was for service. It was done by the, lowest, the, the person of the lowest keda in the house. The servant, you know. So when... Um, um, and it was a sign that you were welcome. The streets of Israel are very dusty. So when you come in, your feet has to be washed so you not scatter their rug. Praise God. I'm joking, but you get my point. So, when you come in, your feet... That's why Abraham said, come and rest, that I may wash your feet. It was a Jewish practice. So, basically, Jesus did it to teach them that I am serving you. Are you with me? Guys, I need your response. The way some of you are looking at me is scary. Am I speaking Swahili? Guys, focus. <laughs> okay. Please pay attention. The way some of you are looking at me like... Hmm. I'm like, am I communicating? So you look at Jesus also saying verse 17, same verse, he said, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. So Jesus is basically saying that guy, you will serve. It is basically the life of the, of the believer to serve. Ministry is what the believer has been called into. Praise the name of Jesus. All this is leading to, of course, 2 Corinthians 5. 
2 Corinthians 5. Go from verse 14. It says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we then we are all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them, and what? Rose again. Go to verse 16. He says, Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. No, we know man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet know we henceforth now him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are what? Become new. You cannot separate verse 17 from verse 15, where he said, and that he died for all that they, that, um, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So in that sense, he died for you, so you live for him. So it is in your living for him that it is seen that you are a what? New creature. Are you with me? You being a new creature is as true as it is that it is a reality. It is as much a responsibility. Praise the name of Jesus. You read on, and then it says... Um, Yes, verse eighteen now. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and has given unto us the what? So Jesus has reconciled. We also are now sent to tell men of this reconciliation. We are sent to serve men this reconciliation. Are you with me? Are you with me? We are sent to serve men this reconciliation. It is a ministry. It is a call of service to the believer. Praise the name of Jesus. So, you basically see something in the Bible. You see that the Christian life is just an expression of Jesus. You see him say in Philippians 2, he said, let this mind that was in Christ be in you. You see John 3, 16, Jesus said, for God so loved the world that I gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes should not pray, but have everlasting life. And then you see in 1 John 3, 16, he says that if he gave himself for you, you should also lay down your life for, you, for the brethren. So, basically, these are things I like to call living by revelation. When you see what Jesus has done, it will not be difficult for you to translate the same things he has done into your life. Amen. Amen. You translate the same things that he has done into your life. Uh, praise God. Then finally, this is, not finally anyways, but this is where I was going. This is where I was going. What exactly, or what part does the, you know, the theme of this is ability, right? What part does the power of God have to play in ministry? It's very important. Please touch. What part does the power of God have to play in ministry? You know, the Bible teaches us in um, um, First Corinthians, Paul speaking on the gifts of the Spirit in verse 12. He now went to 13 and he said, or the latter part, he said, I show you a more excellent way. He now goes on and speaks about love. So the goal and the aim of the things of the spirit are to edify. The things of the spirit, you see, the Bible teaches us that the things of the spirit can be used away from the character of the spirit. Are you with me? The things of the spirit can be used away from the nature of God. The things of the spirit can, I mean, you see Elijah. Elijah saw these guys and he said, he called down fire. He said, let fire consume you and your fifty. Isaiah Suya rise 153 people. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Fear not. So the reason Isaiah did um, Elijah did that was what? Fear. 
But you see that the disciples told Jesus, they said, when they did not accept them, they said, Master, call down fire. Just like Elijah did. So they were not speaking on vibes. They were speaking from reference. Guys, are you with me? They were speaking from reference. And Jesus said, you know not of what spirit ye are of. You know what that means? It means that if Jesus was there when Elijah did it, Jesus would have rebuked Elijah. You know, a lot of people say, God, listen. Every time we see God, in quotes, do seeming destruction in the Old Testament, we see him give a reason in the New Testament. Sodom and Gomorrah, um, the flood, all those things. We see it in Jude, we see it in 2 Peter 2, that those things were a foreshadowing of the judgment to come. And before those things happened, they had preached to them for many years. Um, the Bible called Noah a righteous man, obviously not by works. He called Noah a righteous man, but what did he say? He said Noah was a preacher of righteousness. For 60 years you are preaching, no converts, you are wicked. Hey, a perverse generation. 60 years let them suffer <laughs> for you know he said praise God okay so um, he had been preaching for 60 years and he did not have a single convert that generation has to be very perverse very wicked are you with me are you with me so Jesus in doing there was a reason for those things. Even in the Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, Lot was there. Abraham was speaking to God and he said, if I see, if you see 50, he said, I withhold my hand. 40. In an entire city, 10. 10 people are not righteous. Angels came to receive Lot. You want to sleep with them? And Lot said, let me give you my daughter. He says, those men we want. Uh-uh. So atheists ask double-sided questions. I put it on Twitter one time. They say, if God is so good, why is he allowing wickedness in the world? Then in another breath, they will not say, if you say God is good, if you say God is just, why did he also kill people in the Old Testament? Or God pick a struggle. Which one? Because the answer to both of them is the same thing. Using your is in your question. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Please respond to me because don't just look at me. It scares me. So you can use the power of God away from the character of God. Uncle, please move this way. You're blocking people behind you. Like move the camera and come this way. You can use the power of God and that is that's exactly what was happening in the church at Corinth. And that is why Paul now said, guys, there's a way to this thing. Praise Jesus. So, while people learn about the power of God, it's very important for people to know who God is. Very important. The place of the power of God, especially in serving our generation, is one thing, is testimony. Is testimony. God never sent men without an evidence in ability. Are you with me? Talk to me. Are you with me? God never sent men without an evidence in ability. The proof that God sent Samson was that the Spirit of God will come upon him and with the jawbone of an ass, he will kill 300 people. That was might. 
you know when i think about the bible it i i think something was very skinny i think so the reason is because they they were amazed at how strong he was if something was buff it's understandable boy this i, I think is my opinion it's not the word of god okay you don't have what wow wow he said that mark 16 mark 16 verse 15 and he said unto them go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not believeth not shall be damned and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up deadly they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover are you with me this this verse just says now i hope you know this verse is not talking about the people jesus sent this verse said them that believe so he's saying that the people that you will preach to that believe this is what they will do he was not talking to them because they had already done it in Matthew 10 when Jesus sent them out he said cleanse the lepers um, cleanse the lepers heal the sick raise the dead freely you have received freely give Matthew 10 8 to 10 Jesus had already done that but this one he already told them that as you go out do these things so that's why you know you see not everybody can wield this miracle mantle what verse is it from he said if you lay hands on the sick they will recover and you don't need a degree in theology you don't need a you don't need a track record with God all you need is his name just believe in his name and as you lay hands on the sick they will recover you see we've made Christianity so difficult that we don't take God at his word praise God we don't take God at his word. The reason is because maybe we believe the word is not enough. I was, uh, you know, Archbishop Benson Idahosa, you said that name with honor. Archbishop Benson Idahosa, he, he heard his pastor say, you can raise the dead. He said, sir, you said you can raise the dead. He said, have you raised him before? He said, no. He said, but the Bible says so. He said, he said is there any dead here? That's just taking God at his word. The man had never done it before. The man, ah no, but see, there are videos of Archbishop you will watch. You will see, is it the same God we are serving? <laughs> and I mean, if you read God's generals, I'm a student of revivals, I read. And when you see them, you realize these guys did not know too much. All they knew was the word. Is it John G. Lake? His wife was about to die. He threw his Bible across the, across the room. It fell and he opened to Acts chapter 10 verse 38. He said how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And that was all he saw. That was all he saw. You see, we like to, we just complicate it so much. So A lot of us have heard a lot of junk. And so it has formed strongholds in your mind. So when you want to pray for the sick, you say, I've not had devotion in a while. Who told you the healing power of God is because of your devotion? God heals because of his name. It has nothing to do with you. Are you with me? Are you with me? Matthew 9. 
and he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city verse 2 and behold they brought to him a man sick of the palsy lying on a bed and Jesus seeing their faith said said unto the sick of the palsy son be of good cheer thy sins be forgiven thee and behold certain of the scribes said within themselves this man blasphemeth and Jesus knowing the thoughts of their hearts word of knowledge said wherefore thinketh ye evil in your hearts your discernment it borders on the truth doesn't matter it's good of spirit Verse 5. He said, For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, Arise and walk. Verse 6. He says, But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. It then brackets. Then saith he to the sick of palsy, Arise, take up your bed, and go unto thine house. So, basically, what Jesus, Jesus did not need to say, Your sins be forgiven thee. But he said, I said it so that you will know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins. Then he told them to him and said, Alright, as easy as it is that Jesus forgives sins, is as easy as it is that he heals sicknesses. Because every time you see in the Old Testament that it spoke about um, our salvation experience, it used sicknesses to foreshadow it. You know when it says, by, by his stripes he were healed. If you read in Peter, it was actually talking of salvation, not healing. Not healing. But if it is true that he heals sicknesses, it is true that he forgives sins. It's true he can heal sicknesses. And last time I checked, he did not forgive sins for your because of your name or for your namesake. He forgave sins because of his name, because of his love. So also, when you stand before a sick person, you remember it is not because of anything I have done, have not done, can do or cannot do. It's just because of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. can go through all the verses. It's the same thing in Matthew chapter 8. You go to verse 16 and 17. It says, and when evil was come, they brought unto him all that were sick and maimed. That part used to bust my head. When they said they brought people that were maimed to Jesus and they were whole. So, it says, and then the evil was come. And then he, having compassion on them, he healed all of them. Verse 17 now says that it might be fulfilled. What was said in Esias? You know. Just write it down. I can't go through everything. Because we're still, we're still going to pray. Luke 11. Exodus 4. Exodus 4. He says, and Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto, unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord has not appeared unto thee. First of all, let me say this. I hope you know, the power of God to a believer is an expression of God's goodness. Amen. The power of God to a believer is an expression of God's goodness. The power of God to the unbeliever is an expression of God's might. Let me say that again. The power of God to a believer is an expression of his goodness. When God, listen and listen carefully, see, when God, whether God heals the believer or not, I'm putting that not in context, in quotes, because there are many things around that. Whether God heals the believer or not, our testimony of God being a healer is not whether healing happens or healing does not. Our testimony of God being a healer is on the premise of the fact that the word says so. 
Are you with me? The word says so. Not because um, it has happened to me before. If I never speak in tongues again, I believe tongues is real because the word says so. If I never see a miracle in my life, I believe miracles happen because the word says so. And that's one thing, you see, for a believer, when you see a miracle, your first response should not be, it's fake. Calm down. Because the truth of the matter is, whatever you despise, you won't see. If you talk down on miracles, you will not see it. The thing is, you'll just be realizing that the miracles are taking a moonwalk, the ones you used to see. They're taking a moonwalk. After a while, you will, you will find. You don't realize your faith for miracles has disappeared. So they said, and that's why Jesus said, blessed are those that have not seen, yet believe. So you see Moses saying, he said, they will say, I have not seen God. What will I tell them? Let's read on. So he, basically, this verse just told us from the beginning that Israel was a very unbelieving nation. Yet God chose them. That speaks of the goodness of God. Are you with me? He says, and the Lord said unto him, what is that in thy hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. And he became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thy hand, take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of, the, of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, had appeared unto thee. The reason he said this is not because this is God's name. The reason he said this was because the promise that he would bring them, he would take them to, their, to the promise that was given to this, their fathers. Amen. Let's read on though. Verse 6. And the Lord said the furthermore unto him, Put now thy hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom and took it out. Behold, his hand was leprous as snow. 7. And he said, Put thy hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand. And it was like flesh. Um... Let me read from verse 8. And it shall come to pass, and it will not believe the hearken to my voice, yada yada yada, verse 9. It shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river, and pour it upon dry land. And the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry. Why was God doing all these things? It was for the children of Israel so that they will believe what Moses said. I mean, when you see in 1 Corinthians 12, you see Paul saying, he said, desire to prophesy, so that when you prophesy, if the unbeliever comes in, he will know that God is among you. Are you with me? He said, he will know that God is among you. He will be in awe. That is what happens to the believer with the power of God. What happens to the, that's what happens to the unbeliever, sorry with the power of God. What happens to the believer with the power of God is not all our wonder. It's thanksgiving. Because we always knew our daddy was powerful. Are you with me? We always knew he was powerful. We always knew he was good. It's not just that he is good. He is willing to do me good. A lot of people know God can do. They don't know God can do to them. Am I making sense? A lot of people know God can heal. They don't know or believe that God can heal them. the name of Jesus. The rod in Moses' hand was a sign. So also the power of God. The again saying world, listen, it is my destiny to reveal God to my generation. Every believer, 
every believer owes and and not any other unbeliever an encounter with God. When when the Israelites came around um, came around the mount and they saw the smoke, they knew God was on the mount. Child of God, you carry God. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? You carry God. Are you with me? God is not far. God is within. This may sound very cliche, but I beg you in the name of Jesus, listen to what I'm saying. God is on your inside. God is not far. You are not entering his presence. It's not subscription. He's always there. You carry his presence. God is here because we are here. We came with God. God can move anywhere we are. We can turn a bar, a club to a Holy Ghost meeting. Because God is on your inside. You can cast out the devil in a whole house. Not because that place is holy. But it's because you carry God inside there. Hallelujah. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Every time God did things, there was for a reason. But when we now check, we now realize that now God's power is not some esoteric force that just exists. God's power is within men. Praise the name of Jesus. God's power is within men. God's power is within men. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. We're going to read it together. We're going to read it. Cons- we're going to read it loud. And I, I want you. I don't want you to read um, um, absent-mindedly. Read it. Look at every word and read. Are you? Are you there? We're reading together. One, two. Okay, let's read from verse eighteen. One, two, go. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the same, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and had put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the what? 23 read loud 1, 2, go! What this means in verse 22, you know, and Paul was praying that their eyes open to see the immense power they have in Christ Jesus. Then he now goes down to say, you know, this is the power that God wrought in Christ. Listen, the, the greatest, I'm, com- I'm going to come to that. Look at 22. He says he has put all things under Jesus' feet. He's just figurative for he has given him dominion and authority over all. He says, and he, ha- and he gave him to be head over all things to the church. So, Jesus um, what's that word I'm looking for now? He outsourced his power to the church. Are you with me? You are a member of that body. Whatever answers to Jesus should answer to you. 
you know, when we were driving from the airport, I was just thinking yesterday that, so I will now stay now. I will cast out the devil. The devil will now hold me and slam me to the ground. It's funny. I can't picture it. What happened to nothing shall by any means hurt you? And the truth is, a lot of people have been told, before you go and cast out the devil, confess your sins. Do you know what Peter said? Peter said something amazing. He said, <clears throat> he said, why do you look on us as if it is by our own holiness we have made this man walk? So, um, you know, you know, you, maybe you think that to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, you have to walk with his first name, Holy. First of all, that's not his first name. Secondly, it's not true. It's the Holy Ghost that makes you holy. If you have to be holy to have the Holy Ghost, you don't need him. Are you going to sanctify him? You know, I had a man of God share the story. He said he went to cast out the devil. You know, some people have been struggling with the spirit sins. And he just got there. The devil was telling them all their sins. First of all, the devil lies. I hope you know the believer at his weakest, the devil is still under his feet. The believer at his weakest, the devil is still under his feet. He said that he got there, the devil looked at him and told him, You that you had you have issues with your father, you want to cast me out, and you even thought negative thoughts, you even um, thought negative thoughts about your father, you want to cast me out. He said, Shut up, get out. The devil left. The people around now ask her, but is it not true? There are statements I want to make, but I don't want somebody to go and cut me out of context. The believer, what gives the believer the power of God is not how in tune your work with God is. It's not that. It's not. It's not that. The believer, the enablement to walk in the Spirit is by the Holy Ghost. What sin does to the believer at best is, you know, the devil will now come through that and condemn. And then, that is what he does. So you will now start thinking, am I sure I can even do this? Me that did. Because you are still thinking it's about you. It's not about you. I'm not that special. I'm sorry. But it's true. God overruled your weaknesses when he gave you the Holy Ghost. When you believed. Praise God. Please stop pressing your phone. Listen to me. I'm not talking to anybody's word of knowledge. Please listen to me. So, he said... This is the power that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above principalities. You know, verse 19, exceeding greatness of his power. There are four words for power used here. Kratos, dunamis, exousia. You know, it means that basically these words are saying that God's power, God's immense power was put together to raise Jesus from the dead. Listen, the greatest demonstration of God's might is not... Um, the sinking of the wall of Jericho. The greatest demonstration of God's might is not the sun standing still, as powerful as that is. The greatest demonstration of God's might is not the um, the sea parting and the sea being congealed. What that means is basically it froze. 
on both sides. That's where he came from. It's not about. It's not about those things. It's not about those things. That is not. That is not the greatest demonstration of God's power. The greatest demonstration of God's power was raising Jesus from the dead. And he is a pattern son. In his experience is yours. That's the process called baptism. Are you with me? In his experience is yours. When Jesus was risen, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 verse 4, it says he was declared to be the son of God with power by the, by the resurrection, by the raising from the dead. That is when, you know when the Bible says, Thou are my beloved son, in you um, I'm well pleased. That was what theologically is called aoristic speaking. Speaking futuristically as if it is now. So when Jesus was actually declared son, was when he rose from the dead. And that is why Philippians will let us understand that that's when authority was accorded to his name. Are you with me? The same authority that rose Jesus from the dead into sonship is the same one that has called you into sonship. Don't you understand that you are a joint heir with him? You are partners in glory with Jesus. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is at work in you. You know, someone said, he said that the same power that is at work, they said that um, if Jesus died today, the power that is needed to raise him is in you. By the same spirit. Are you with me? Man of God, he said something very amazing. He said, it is He's the first person I heard it from. He said it is foolish to think that, you know, the trumpet is going to sound and then bone will come to bone. Sinew will come to sinew. Bodies that have decomposed, people that have died, they will be called from the dead. You believe that, but you don't believe God can heal a headache. What, what, what are broken bones? You believe for somebody that has decomposed for years, the trumpet will sound and it will call everything together. Yet, you don't believe. And this, you know, pastor gave um, similarities to it. He said that it is funny that it is the same power that is at work in you that is going to cause you to be quickened when Jesus comes. The same power. It's just that when you get to heaven, you will now realize that you live substandardly. It is the same power. I'm not lacking of power. Power is at work in my life. Power is at work in your life. When he speaks on Philippians 2, and he says he gave him a name. The name is not in the name Jesus. There is Jesus Navas. Amen. There is Jesus Navas. So it's not about the name. The word name is Onoma. It means in his authority. So I can even go to a devil and say in the name of Nelson, out! The devil is not looking at the grammar I spoke. He's looking by what spirit did I speak? By what authority did I speak? And the authority is that in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? It's not, that's why A.A. Allen will say my name is A.A. Allen. Get out. I've done some things I'm not proud of. Because, you know, she's laughing. Because I realize demons don't wash clothes. <laughs> Praise God. If you don't know, you don't know. But another thing I would like to speak, this is my last point. Power is tangible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Talk to me. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5. 
He says, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. So when the woman touched Jesus and the power of God flowed through her, it was not that Jesus was looking and the woman just shouted. Uh, it happened. Jesus said, what happened? What happened? Mm -mm. He knew power flowed through him. Power is tangible. Praise God. Praise God. You know, someone said the things of the spirit are tangible. You can take it and give. You can give it. That's why people are overwhelmed by the power of God. You can. The power of God is tangible. And you know, one thing I've learned recently is when the power of God touches people, it does not leave them the same. The power of God overwhelms you. You didn't just fall and stand. Something changed. Are you with me? Something changed. And touched Jesus and then virtue flowed out. John 18 6. I think it's Jesus was looking at them and he said, He said, Who do you seek? And he said, Jesus, and he said, It is I. And they went down. The power of God is tangible. You can it's not about feelings, but you can feel it. Hallelujah. I said that for a reason. You see, now there's a role that prayer and spiritual exercises play in the manifestation and experiencing of the things of the spirit it helps your consciousness that's why it does so when you get into the place of prayer you know you pray in the holy ghost as you're praying in tongues you realize that you are being stirred up you are being influenced you are taking you know the word being filled is playful i say this almost every day the word being filled is playful and what the word means is to influence so when what you're doing is you are in the old testament what usually happened was people the spirit of god came upon them and influenced them and they prophesied but in the new testament what is happening the spirit of god is within you are you with me the spirit of god is within you so when you speak in tongues you are being filled i.e as you are speaking in tongues you stir up the influence of the spirit inside praise god you stir up the influence of the spirit you begin to that's why paul prayed that their eyes may see you begin to speak to yourself you bring it in consciousness you begin to say the power of god is at work in me the power of god is at work through my touch through my words i communicate the things of the spirit to people i ex I, I, I express the goodness of god to men the power of god is at work on my insides praise jesus this is the role that any of these things play prayer fasting whatever it's Acts chapter 3 verse 6 that peter and james they healed a man and they said you know is he at, no he's not acting sorry my bad so the truth of the matter is this that is the role that those things play you'll be cheating yourself if you live that ordinary christian life You'll be cheating yourself if you leave that, that, that like, listen, a lot of believers are distracted. We think that God is a money doubler. We think that the reason that God exists is to meet your needs. Jesus never told you, come and I will get, just the, the aim of Jesus is not come and I will give you the desires of your heart. The goal is come and I will change your heart. Your heart will be beating after what I want. Are you with me? That is what it is. It is what it is. That's what it is. 
The goal is not for you to get the desires of your heart met. The goal is for you to fulfill his purpose. Because the Bible says he has created all things for his what? Pleasure. You're a believer, but you know, one thing I realized is when you become a believer, you still, your ambitions may be valid. They are still good. It's good to have career ambitions and all those things. Really good. But I realized nothing else gives you a bigger ambition than the gospel. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. The harvest is white. The harvest is ready. The nations are ready. I believe it. Many times, you know, I saw a tweet. The guy said he he lit the bow for the guy. The weed. He lit it for the guy and got the guy saved. I said, that's, that's, that's vibes. That's how to run it. That's, that's how to run it. And I've realized that when you get people saved like that, many times you don't need to tell them this thing is bad for you. Let them just be coming to meet it. Just be praying. You will get to a point, you will see the weeds. It will irritate you. There are people I disciple, someone I discipled. She said, she, you know, when I said disciple, she was in a relationship. And I knew that that relationship was on the way of perdition. But I did not say anything. Because, I mean, I trust the word of God too much. So I just said, no problem, let's just be doing teaching. Of what we're teaching. As we were teaching, we we're praying. She just said, and asked someone, they have a relationship. He said, he broke up. I said, eh, hey, hey. yeah. But in my mind, I said, this God is too good. See, just allow growth. Allow. The truth is, there is nothing, there is no better way to live than for his cause. I have found it to be true. Every, I never used to be really excited about my birthday. But I realized that when my birthday is close, I'm excited. Because by the time I look back at one year, I'm like, I've lived well. Somebody said, uh, why don't you want to die now? I said, there's too much to do. Die. Uh -uh, the journey is far. I can't even die at 60. The journey is far. 60, 70 is when I'm, you know, more actively now involved in raising other ministers. I'm not like half sense. Understand? Say yes. The journey is far. Uh -uh. How old am I? I'm not 30. I'll die. No. John is far. Even if God sees me, we know that. Go back. Praise Jesus. You know, somebody was like, when I, when I was coming, my dad was like, all right, save Johnny in Jesus. <laughs> Some people now said, okay, we'll be safe. I said, I intend to be. I intend to be. Someone was not texting. I, you know, I heard somebody pray. See, this consciousness about the power of God is real. Though. I was talking to somebody and I said, if Satan is Satan, and not let him meet me in the air. Let's dance here. I don't know. Everybody, hold your Jesus. Hold your Jesus. I don't know. Please. But can I listen? Listen, listen. Child of God, God has called us to much more than ourselves. God has called you to much more than 
the things that pass away. God has called you to much more than cars, money, houses, as great as those things are. But if that's all you live for, when you die, what will be left for you? When you stand before Jesus, what will you say? I'm not scared of hell. I'm not going there. Heaven is my home. But when I stand before Jesus, what will I say? And it's not just even salvation. When I realize how many believers are living in ignorance, it wows me. There was a taxified guy that took me on Thursday. Thursday from Ibukoju to my house. And as we were talking, I was, you know, the guy wanted to preach to me. He said, are you born again? I said, do I have to be? So he now started talking. Then he got up. At the end, I now shall explain righteousness by faith to him. He said, then at the end, I did, he now paid me that it was towards my house. He just came. I said, did you speak in tongues? He said, sometimes. I said, why? He said, when the Holy Spirit moved me, I said, we will not end this triple. Hey? I said, no, 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 no. Let's he said something. I said, sir, Paul said, I will. It means you can. He said, I understand, but stop that nonsense. Don't say I understand. There's no but. You know, my friend went on evangelism, was talking to a man. You know, he was teaching the man said, How can you just say it's by believing? Philippians chapter 2. You know, he said, Walk out your salvation with you. He said, Sir, have you read the next verse? He said, um, You know, his boy is God that walked. The man looked at the verse like this. <laughs> There's, there's too much to do. True, true peace is found in the will of God. It's because of the will of God I know I cannot die soon. You know, pastor asked a very important question at the crossover. So why do you want to live long? Why? Crossover, Lord, I will not die this year. Why? Why should you be alive? It's actually a really valid question. Why? What will... What you know, we had a stay, it was brutal. That stay, it was online based on lockdown. I said, You being alive, what will it profit the kingdom of God? How many of you know Apostle Joseph Ayodele Babalola? The man lived for 56 years, thereabouts. He did ministry for roughly 10 20 years, but till today, we've not forgotten him. see heaven, it will be that summer camp that will see everybody, everybody I brought with me. The Lord says, so um, Nelson, yes, uh, you're welcome, you know, judgment seat. So Alpha, where will be your crown? I say, Lord, see them. See them. Everybody safe by me, say hi! <laughs> you know, and then he will not say, ah, how good I've been Proceed. That's the goal. And that's what the power of God is for. That's what the power of God is for. Who is a creative here? Okay, let me tell you something. The Lord had been laying, it's not even part of my notes, but the Lord had been laying this in my heart. The Bible speaks of a man called Bezalel. He says he was full with the Spirit of God and he was skilled in all wisdom, in all crafts. If you read down, you find out that it's Bezalel that did Ark of the Covenant, did Robe of Moses, did the Sir, only you carpentry, Taylor. Are you sexist? Sexist, you. Shepin is that guy. That guy with his hair. That guy is a barber, Taylor, fashion designer. Sass, first your music. Which one? Bezalel. He's the same guy that did everything. It's not part of the message. It's just for you. 
But can I tell you something? I always say this. Every platform you find yourself, as far as people are there, is an opportunity for ministry. At work, I work with some devs. I'm aiming them. One day we'll just jam. Hey, Nelson, have a guy there. You get time? They'll talk. Just talk on Jesus. You'll be saved. We'll not continue the discipleship after work hours. Because they're paying us salary. We'll have to work. <laughs> but we'll continue. Anywhere people are is an opportunity for ministry. Work, home, environment, boss, classify everything. The last testify I entered coming here, I was irritated at myself because in the last two, two testifies I've not preached. It's a habit. Because you cannot tell me shut up, I'm paying you. What do you mean? I'll give you one star. Who are you? <laughs> you must listen to me. My fair, my gospel. Listen. Praise God. We live for more than ourselves. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's Word. For more ministry content, visit niministries.org. God bless you.